very excited to, to interview my next guest who is on the show and somebody you probably, if you have helped at any of the Cumbria events, may or may not have come across, but she's always there. Um, so welcome to the show, our fabulous cross-country cross controller, uh, Deb Monk. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited about interviewing you today because I think that for many people who are eventing um, in any event, whether it's Cumbria events or, or around, have probably volunteered as a jump judge, um, perhaps done other roles within volunteering, but not maybe necessarily had to go at cross country control box. But we all know cross country control box exists. Um, if you're walking a cross country course, you see the white box on the hill. Um, but what happens in there can sometimes be a mystery. So um, first of all, just so that our listeners uh, know a bit more about you, um, how did you get into cross country controlling? Oh, gosh, um, I, I suppose it all started when I was about 15. Um, I had a nasty fall riding. I was I was just doing a cross a little cross country course, and I had a lovely little show jumping pony. She didn't understand the dry stone wall, so she banked it. So that that didn't end up particularly well. Um, I, I completely lost my confidence with um, kind of eventing and things like that. So I continued to ride, but I wanted to be involved with eventing. So my mom and I decided, right, let's volunteer to jump judge. So we started jump judging at Whitton Castle Horse Trials, um, Richmond Horse Trials, um, Allison Park, and, and a few kind of local ones around. Hexham was, a, was another one that was always a really bleak one up there when it was still Hexham and not Belsay. Um, so started doing that, you know, from about the age of 15 and, and kind of really enjoyed it. You know, it was, it was a great bonding experience for me and my mom. We had great days out. She's very horsey and always has been. Um, so yeah, so started doing that. Then I eventually progressed to um, cross-country stewarding, basically, you know, driving around the cross-country course, making sure all of my jump judges were doing okay, providing anything that they needed, you know, if they needed any extra score books and things like that. So, so I did that for a few years um, at various different events. Um, and then Harry Park, who a lot of you may know, does a lot of the comms and things. Um, he kind of grabbed hold of me one day and dragged me into control and said, you'd be good at this. I'm going to train you. <laughs> so that's how I got started. And about, I think we're about 10 years down the line. Um, and, and here I am still doing Amazing. it. I know. <laughs> and the role of cross-country controller for anyone who is new to eventing um, or doesn't really know what goes on is you are basically the person that is in charge of control. I mean, typically the name is cross-country controller, but you're in charge. So whenever you're a jump judge and you listen to um, the tannoys that come through and say horse needs to be stopped on course um, or anyone um, or anything that's important information. So if we are jump judging and we see a fall and we shout fall or we shout broken fence or any of those, you're kind of in control of like whether you need to stop a horse on course and that kind of stuff. So what's a typical day like? What happens in the morning when you get uh, to an event? Yeah, so, so normally when we first get to an event, um, we're always there from usually about half past seven in the morning before dressage starts because we have a briefing with the medics, the vets, um, the, the British eventing stewards um, and the organisers. Um, we all get together and we talk about, you know, what we're doing if there's a serious incident and things like that. So we always have that type of briefing first thing on the morning. As controllers, we give the radio briefing, which is basically, you know, telling jump judges what we need from them um, and then, you know, what they can expect from us. 
Um, then it's out to the control box. We have a lot of checks to do before we get started. So the first network that we check is usually the command net. We have two networks um, going on in our ears, driving us mad all day. We have a cross country net, which is where all the jump judges are and they're talking to us and telling us what's happening on cross country. Then we have a command net, which is linked to um, organizers, BE officials, medics, vets, horse ambulance, doctors, bun run, fence repair, you name it, everybody else is on that network. And then as soon as we can see all of the jump judges going out on course, we um, start doing our radio checks to make sure all of those, um, all the jump judges are in place. We let them know whether they're a reporting fence. So if they're going to be telling us about every horse that's coming over or whether they're just going to report any incidents so refusals and things like that. We also let the lucky few know if they're going to be a stopping fence. <laughs> so they have extra work to do. Um, so yeah, so they're the kind of the pre cross country event checks. Show jumping and dressage are already ongoing. So we, we've still got, we've got things coming in our ear from 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 those kind of areas so we make sure that kind of everybody's in place before we get started um further down the control box we have somebody who's liaising with the start box all of the time and they're dealing with a lot of scores and things like that um, so we make sure everybody's happy then we ask for permission from the be officials to um, go green and then we get the day started Ooh, that sounds so it, yeah it's it, it's usually good and you know, it, it takes a while for everybody to get into their little routines of knowing when to radio in and, you know, knowing what's going on and things like that. But it usually settles down fairly quickly um, and we just tend to relax into a routine. You've got your commentator next to you, um, you know, telling everybody out there, you know, what's going on and everything. So they're linked to the cross country jump judges as well. Um, so, yeah, and we, we we just tend to kind of keep talking to each other to, you know, to see what's going on and everything. We, we do have a, you know, we do have a, quite a giggle at times, you know, um, and we do have a few gasps when we see some horses going over some fences. It's great fun when, when the control box is by the water. <laughs> you know, yes, not that we wish anybody ill, but it is always quite good when somebody gets a dunking. <laughs> yeah and then you're like loose horse on course <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah it's yeah and then you see you know fence repair and everybody driving fast after this horse to try and find them they usually go back to the lorry park so it's yeah. they do they always but, find their way home yeah they do they do i remember once at ask horse trials um i was actually jump judging at the water fence and the rider had a fall and right next to the water fence is a lake and on the other side of the lake is the collecting ring so instead of the horse running round the track the horse decided fully tacked up <gasps> to swim through the lake back to the collecting ring to see his friends yeah oh my <laughs> goodness that's so funny uh, imagine being the owner again oh no oh no, <laughs> I need saddle. Saddle. <laughs> oh, no that's awful yeah, water fences are always great to be at because there's always something happens there. Um, there is, and actually, because um, I've helped you in cross country control at Warwick, and your control, the control box is actually just not so far from the water jump. So you do get to see, you actually get quite a good view of the course at Warwick anyway, don't you? Yeah, see you the majority yeah. of the course. Yeah. Um, and it's really good fun and it's always a really nice crack with everyone around you because everything is 
everything's just like a nice little system and you all you want to, as you say once the first two horses have gone and you're like oh no what am i doing oh i've got to write this i've got to write that oh no hang on hang on hang on okay right and then it settles into that rhythm where yeah. you get it and then you enjoy yourself but anyway you have your cup of tea and the bun run comes around and you see yeah. lucinda coming with her green trousers yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we do. Away. Um, she's usually got some goodies with her, or, you know, or other. So it's great, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's really. Yeah, good. we do. You know, we get into a lovely routine, and you know, we we, we have a, a really great team at Cumbria. Um, you know, we know everybody, and it you know it works really well. Um, I always have Liz Johnson in the control box with me. You know, as the as the second controller, because you know we have to have um, two controllers because you, you can only really do a couple of hours of that intense concentration. Um, so, you know, and we do have a really, really good time. We all work really well together and it's, um, it, it's really good fun, but then we're very good at snapping back to attention. You know, if yes. you all of a sudden it's fall, 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 it's like, whoa, we're all awake again now, you know, and then we deal with incidents as they happen. Um, yeah, definitely. I've been in the control box with you. Um, when you've been, we've been like halfway through a conversation and then suddenly there's like silence because uh, you're listening to a report coming in and then it's like a switch and and that's the point isn't it of being able to you know that's what makes it good because you should be able to switch in and out of it anyway and that's the part yeah. of being really good controller and and yeah. being able to do that but as everyone's sitting in the box with you as soon as we see that just like your facial expression we're like okay we know you're like everyone yeah. just drops because they're like okay that's there's important and everybody you know everybody kind of goes quiet and and just you know whoever's commentating you Kaz, um <laughs> you know you're listening to what the jump judges are saying and you kind of will let us know things as well and we do have a really lovely time in control but we are always mindful that it is very serious and that you know obviously things can go wrong and you know we have to be ready to jump in straight away stop horses on course get medics where they need to go because um i you think know, that's I feel like it's, I liken it a little bit when I work um, in, like when I worked in referral hospital nursing as a vet nurse um, and I worked in theatre and we had like emergencies coming out of ours and a theatre team would be, we'd all be in theatre with the surgeon and the anaesthetist and residents scrubbed in and working away and everyone, when you're just like, things are just ticking over and you're just doing stuff, then it's all just normal it's like normal you can chat to people but there's yeah. a moment when say something ruptures and yeah. that emergency switch is like on and you just know the the atmosphere you don't even necessarily need to be told that's what's happened you no. just know it's changed yeah and in yeah. that situation um you are you do a lot of training don't you to be yeah. able to like deal with it and that briefing at the start is about the consistency within how teams deal with those emergencies and, yeah. and so that, when you say that you get the fence repair and you get the medics and you get the vet on the way and you get like yeah. you get the car stopped you have like a very systematic really we do. Good approach to yeah. That. yeah we absolutely do you know and 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 in control if anybody's ever been into control um we have something called a plop wall um and that is basically a board and we put hooks on it and we have commentary slips with the rider's name and who the horse is and everything so the commentator can commentate on it but that slip is moved along the board 
to correlate with whichever fence they've got on. So we know at any one time where any horse is so that if we do need to get them stopped, you know, we immediately know which fence judge to go to, you know. So as soon as we hear that there's been a fall, we're straight on the radio, you know, asking the jump judge for a little bit more, you know, basically is the course clear and, you know, what assistance do you need? And as soon as they come back to us about that, we're straight on the other radio and we've got medics, vets or whatever is needed moving. And then we come straight back to the other net to stop any horses that we need to stop. You know, we, we have something called a traffic light system at the start, which anybody who's evented knows about because you see them there. And if it turns red, it, you know, it buzzes and, and buzzes at you. Um, and, and it's us that control that. So if, you know, as soon as I hear that there's been a fall on course, I switch that switch and put the start on red and it just stops anybody else coming on course. It may be that we go green again within within 30 seconds because, you know, it's it's basically somebody's bounced off and then, you know, is just walking home. But it stops anybody else coming onto the course and being another horse that we have to stop. Um, so it just stops us having to worry about that and we just have to worry about what is on course specifically then. So I think that's actually a really interesting thing for our listeners to know about because um, if you have never done eventing before and you come to the start box and you're like, you know, you, you've come to the cross-country warm-up and you've done the normal thing where you've got your number on the board and you've warmed your horse up and then you basically, your number's called and the, the horse before, the horse has come through the finish because it's usually a horse finishes and then you make your way to the start. So you make your way over to the start box and then cross-country like starter says to you something like, you've got one minute. And then you're all anxiety up and everything and the lights on green and then suddenly it goes and it turns to red and then and then they're like oh actually we're not starting you yet and if you've never done it before you can be a bit like oh why not what's wrong is there something wrong with my horse yeah (laughs) no and i mean it can be it can be a broken fence you know um you know pretty much every cross-country course you know out there now has either mim clips or frangible pins um so you know if one of those breaks will often just flick a red light i say just to to take the pressure off and to stop you know the course running while fence repair do what they need to do and i say you know we automatically flick it to red when somebody falls it doesn't necessarily mean there's been a nasty accident or anything like that it just means we're giving ourselves a bit of breathing space just to deal with what's happened and then we'll get going again yeah because i've been on the way to Starbucks. And then it's been green and the the cross-country um, starter said to me, oh, uh, a minute to go or whatever. And I've been, yeah, that's fine, walking around. And then literally it's gone red for about five seconds and then it's gone back to green. And gone, yeah. It's gone red and they've been like, oh, the course has been, oh, no, it's not. It's okay, we're good to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's like the time it's happened. And then I've, I've been held where they've kind of said, oh, hang on, we've got to wait. And then it's been long enough that actually, I think the time it took a while for mine was actually um, when they actually had a broken fence that required a whole new log to be brought out. I think the framework for the fence had broken and so they had to quickly like build a new fence and i think it i think it held the course up for about three or four minutes or something but yeah um, so that um they had to just like so we sent back to the cross-country warm-up to to re-warm up and then come back yeah, and yeah. Then, i mean we always we'll always liaise with start you know we'll usually get um a, a kind of an eta on on whatever it is from 
usually the the TA who, who will go to an incident or fence repair or whoever they'll kind of say we're going to be five minutes yeah. and we'll usually relay that down to the start box just so that they can let the event you know event riders know that it's going to be a five minute wait go back to the collecting ring you know start you know just keep warming up and, and, and things like that so so yeah we, you know we do liaise with with all of the different parties just to you know try and keep people as as informed as possible it's the and same then, if we have to stop a horse out on course. That's what I was going to ask next. So great. Preempted <laughs> you. Yeah. What happens then if it's a short hold or a long hold? Like how yeah. do you feed those back in? So if it's a short hold, we'll we'll let the jump judge know and we'll just say, look, it's not it's only going to be a couple of minutes. Just let your rider know and they can kind of keep walking around to keep warm. And then as soon as we're ready to go, you know, the jump judge will will tell the rider, they'll tell them where they've taken their timing from um and they'll go back behind then and come back up to eventing speed at um you know at that point if it's going to be a longer hold um obviously we'll we'll tell the um the, the jump judge to to let the event rider know they can get off the horse if they want to they can have some water and things like that um if it's a cold day and it's going to be a long wait you know if, if we've got an injury somewhere you know they can have a rug brought down to them um you know to, to put on that's the horse that is um, <laughs> you know uh, and things like that and we just keep them as informed as possible um about how long the delay is going to be um yeah. you know so that so that the event rider knows they know their horses they know what they need to do whether they need to walk them around whether they just let them have a quick graze for five minutes or you know whether they need to have a rug or, or something brought down to them so so yeah it's um it, it's it's a lot of it's just about communication and, and keeping people informed um yeah. because you know no nobody likes to to be sat there going well what the hell is happening you know what is happening <laughs> um you know let you know just tell me what's happening how long am i going to be so so yeah we do communicate with the with the jump judges who've got any held riders just to let them know what's you know what, what the time timing is going to be i remember the time um i got held first time i ever got held i've been held a couple of times now but um the very first time it happened to me i've been eventing for quite a long time but actually, fortunately, had never been held on course. Yeah. But I was in the intermediate at Belse, and the horse in front of me had broken the gate, which was actually two fences in front yeah. of me. And I think they tried because um, they tried to fix the gate, and then I think they'd eventually gone. Actually, we can't fix the gate, so we'll pull, we I got stopped at a stopping point, which was fine. And I'd never been stopped before, so the flag came out. I was galloping along, and I looked up, and I saw the red flag, and I was like, "Oh, I held on course, great!" I pulled up, and then I was like. So, what do I do now? <laughs> it never, never occurred to me to actually consider it. Um, but thankfully, I actually got pulled up right beside cross-country control. Excellent. Um, so, Andrew Spaulding popped his head out and went, just go and walk your horse off. And I was like, yeah. okay. So, then yeah. I went and walked around for a bit. And then um, they said, so they sat, started me off and um, they told me, like, where the branch was that the... <laughs> Judges had been using point. that yeah. timing point and the one thing that i remember in hindsight that i didn't do was um i didn't go that far beyond the, the, the timing point yeah to pick up gallop i just yeah. kind of like went just beyond it turned around and picked up canter and set off and um if you are ever stopped on course the learning i got from that was actually what you really need to do is you need to go way beyond it 
So yeah. that when you turn around, you are in gallop going past yeah. it because you should be back in gallop. And then the other thing to mention, um, because as a country, it's never happened to me in this situation, but I've been in cross country control when we've done it, is that we've had a horse held. So we've had, say, a horse held at fence three and then a horse held at fence eight or nine. And then something happened at fence 11 or whatever. And, and actually, you've started the horse at fence three off before you've started the horse at fence seven off. That was fence seven, eight. Um, so the horse at fence three has come past the horse in front to continue. Um, and I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's to do with the speed it's going to be for the course to be cleared. You actually, because you want to keep the timing moving. Is that right? I think, no, what it, what it will be, no, what we normally do is we'll normally start the horse furthest along the course. We'll start them off first. But what it will have been is that we'll have potentially had fence three on standby to stop the fence. But if the incident's cleared, we'll let that horse just continue to run through. Right. So it will overtake the horse that's held at seven, but we'll often just, if, if we think something's going to clear, we'll let it just keep running through rather than stopping that one as well. We'll let that one run through and then we'll set off the horse, you know, that, that's being held. So that's how we usually do it. But we start them off kind of the, the one that's furthest around the course first and we get them kind of, usually get a couple of fences down and then we'll start the next horse just to make sure that there's no other problems and things. Oh yeah, and that's quite good for anyone who's actually been held on course if a horse comes past them, that they realise that it's not them that's being, they're not being held yeah. for anything that's abnormal, it's pretty normal procedure in the whole thing. Um, what do you do in the situation when, um, like for Warwick for example, you do get a really good view, but you don't get to see the entirety of the course. Yeah. So how do you, as a co controller, how do you manage that situation, like what, what do you do do you have anything in a, in place in addition to the normal jump judge co communication or do you find it no, works we absolutely we absolutely rely on the jump judges you know we can't stress how vital jump judges are to events running because you know i mean yeah at warwick we can see quite a bit but you know we might not be looking that way as they have a refusal at the corner up there we might be watching the road crossing up here you know so jump judges are absolutely crucial we can't run without jump judges you know we have to have them there because they are our eyes and ears out there on the course um and you know they report into us they are the jump judges at Cumbria are absolutely brilliant because you know they'll tell us kind of everything that's happening even if there's you know there hasn't been an incident at the fence but they're just not quite sure if the horse is right or something like that and they'll report that into us and I think that's one of the things about volunteering is um there's so many roles that you can do at an event but jump judging is a really good way to start because um, you get to learn about the fence, you get to learn about the stopping, you know, stopping a horse, taking the time, recording it and that kind of thing. And then actually as a cross country controller, because your role has been, you've evolved from being a jump judge to being a cross country steward to um, then being in control and probably starting off in control. Like, I mean, I don't really want to do more than commentating and plotting um, because <laughs> I don't trust myself to score. Um, but actually the that sort of like evolution of the role has kind of gone from, you've probably started off doing plotting. And so there's well, like roles you can do. Yeah. I mean, when, when we learned, so Harry was my mentor and he taught me and there was a few others at the same time that he was teaching. And basically he taught us how to do everything in the control box. 
Cool. So you learnt to do everything, but you you from day one you were also in the control seat. You did a bit of commentary. You did a bit of um, provisional scoring. Um, and what he always often got us to do was control, but plot at the same time because it made us focus on where each horse was and you know understand that and that but you know and, and often we don't have a separate plotter and and the commentator will plot a little bit and sometimes the controller will just shift things along as well um so you know and i think it is really really important to understand all of those roles in the control box so that a you can you know help out and pick those up when you're not sat in the control seat but you understand you know what's going on with the scorer what they have to deal with you know because again they're sat with two different networks that they're listening to and they have a job to do as well you know so well i've done commentating in um cross-country control and plotting and i have I to you were brilliant when you said when you said oh sometimes as a controller we lean forwards and we do plotting i know exactly when that happened because i was like miles away listening to something and I was like oh actually I better move the horse along <laughs> so yes yeah, it's, it's good fun um now you do control with Warwick um and Frenchfield yep. this year we have the new one star coming I know I can't wait um so I'm quite excited about that um I hopefully we'll be competing um but I'm also coming to Frenchfield actually which is in the next couple of weeks so oh, I will come and see you in cross-country yeah. control when that happens yeah. um as a person just to sort of I think we're coming to the end of the podcast unfortunately I could talk to you all day as cross-country <laughs> control <laughs> um but actually for anyone who's listening who has maybe done jump judging and fancies going in control um I would definitely recommend putting your name forward and suggesting it my first time in control was actually as a plotter um I came in and I joined the team and then I did a day of scoring, which I feel that scoring is not my forte. Um, so I did it, I can do it, but like, I, I don't really enjoy it as much. So I did the plotting and then I had to go at co uh, commentating um, and I've done a little bit of the other roles around um, events. So jump judging is a, a really good way to start, but yeah. I would recommend to anyone, and I'm sure you would, to give Absolutely. control a go as well. Yeah. And um, so I think that just uh, as sort of like a final thing is as a jump judge from a cross-country controller to a jump judge, what advice um, would you give new jump judges to the role to help them help you in your job? I think, don't be scared. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll be absolutely fine. And within about three or four horses, you will know exactly what you're doing um and i think what i would say to jump judges is just make your communications very clear to us about what's happening and respond to us when we contact you we don't normally contact jump judges unless we need them to do something or you know we need some information from them so it's it's i think the main thing is communication yeah, that's good. That's good advice. Because even um, as a jump judge on a fence, that wasn't actually a stopping point. I've been asked by control to stop a horse at yeah. my fence because for whatever reason, the, the horse, whatever happened, happened after the last stopping point before yeah. they got to the next stopping point. So therefore, um, yeah. it was a case of actually just stopping the horse on course. So yeah. Um, as a jump judge, that's certainly really good advice, actually. Yeah. And clear communication. Like, communication is key, isn't it? In Absolutely. In and, and, you know, we will stop a horse at any fence if we have to. 
obviously we've got our preferred stopping fences which are slightly easier fences you know let up fences but so i just that's kind of come to the end i just want to thank you massively for coming on and agreeing to let me chat to you um i hope you've enjoyed it <laughs> um, <laughs> And for anyone listening, um, just as a final thing, if you are interested in volunteering, whether it's a Cumbria event or a different event, then do get in touch with the with the secretary of the event anyway and put your name forward. Don't be frightened. There's always really good support. Um, but actually, if you are coming to any Cumbria events and you're not sure about the role, you can always stop and ask a jump to John Course of what it's like doing their voluntary role. And and we can't we can't run events without volunteers and and you know us in cross-country control um and out of course are just and rider as a rider we're very very grateful for all the help that we get from volunteers and so yeah a big thank you to our listeners if you do volunteer at events um and i encourage you massively to do it if you haven't done it before um but actually thank you very much for deborah for coming on the show um and i will see you at a cumbria event soon you certainly will. Thanks, Kaz. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye.